Sport Podcast 7, go. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Mason. How are you? I'm good. We've done seven of these. That's a good number. It's really hard to find a day to do things. That's fine. We're busy. Busy mm. folks. You're busy. I don't do anything. I think that's the reverse this semester, but we'll no. go with that. No. Dude, one thing I did this semester. It's good to go. It's going to be easy. I only take three classes next semester. Yeah, but isn't nine credits like the yeah. average for graduate yeah. school? <laughs> so they try to fuck you over your first semester. And they require you to go to these Friday forums. But... Tis near there. Oh, so you don't have to go to them after your first semester. I think I have to go every every semester. That's a requirement. Oh, but they're not. That's they're awesome. Yeah, you should go to one. Well, now that I'm working, working ten to five on Fridays. Oh, because this one's gonna be cool. This one's about a twenty-four year employee of the Mar- twenty-four year long. He's now the creative chief creative officer at Martin. That's cool. And he's a twenty-four year employee, so he's talking about why he should stay at a company. Like because everyone talks about how you should jump around yeah. because it's it's really it is technically beneficial for your salary at least. Well, I think it depends on the company. Like staying at the Martin agency, like I feel like you can only go up. Well, what do they do? Those cullings. Martin fires like no one else. Like, yeah. Everyone talks about it. You know, Martin. Um, I had an aunt that worked there, and she was there for fifteen years and got let go last year, two years ago. But it's advertising. If you lose, like, if Martin were to lose Geico, they did a fire half their staff or something like that yeah so that's just advertising though right which is why I want to go client side I have no desire to work at an agency but my track feeds mostly into like IBM like stuff like that not like right you just go into creative department I know a girl um, who went to Brand Center she's not IBM really Catherine Stern yeah David Hallmark went there too he's an XD really I don't know what Catherine's track was but she was probably strategy did she get hired last year she was, because I went to high school with her, and she was a year ahead of me, and then she did graphic design in her undergrad here at VCU. Really? And then well, maybe she, she's art direction. Yeah, I'm not sure. But she's at IBM now. Yeah, they're, IBM seems like a pretty cool... David, David's the guy that... He left SBNA, and I took his job. Okay. And then... Because he left to go to the brand center. He was at the SBNA for about four or five years. So they just keep losing people to the brand center. Well, they had, they've had about five or six people that come in and they go to the brand center. I mean, it's kind of... It's right there. And that's why it's a great company. It's yeah. just that if you want to work on bigger stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't see that as an insult. Like, a lot of places don't like being treated as, like, stepping stones, which I understand because there's, like, a lot of turnover in that sense. Right. But... Well, SVNA is kind of the beginning, and I feel like it's the... It's a beginning place for a lot of creative careers, and, like, a, like because they are... Like, the, the work-life balance at SVNA is, is a little better than a lot of advertising... It wasn't for me at first, but, like, a lot of them have kids and families, and, like, a lot of them can, like, check out when they leave. Some of them have a harder time with that, but that's, I think that's probably more of a personal well, thing, Well, there's, there's Max Potential, like, the web dev firm over on the other side of the bridge, and they, um, they hire a lot of students, like, student workers. Right. And they understand, like, the turnover involved with that, and I think they've created their... Well, dude, if they can hire cheap, and they just keep cranking talent out, you know, and they, they keep... One out of twenty people, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, you can foster it. Being and this guy, this guy was hired to be the chief creative officer because of his mentorship ability. He's really good at fostering creatives. Like Mike Hughes, like has this whole statement that I made that we had to read. Um, and he's the guy that he's like the big Martin guy. Okay, he passed away a few years ago. And um, but like mentoring, and that's the one thing that I I want no matter where I go is just like I need to be around people that are significantly better than me. 
which is why going to school is really fun because everyone around you is just insanely talented and um it that makes you, that, that's how you get better you know because yeah if i think i'm the best i'll just sit and play metal gear solid all day which is what we're here to talk about oh boy no i'm excited like the more i keep hearing about metal gear solid the more i'm like man metal gear solid yeah metal gear solid yeah it's um it's pretty good but let's talk about let's get let's talk about some news first and then we'll talk about some games okay well i feel like these news conversations are gonna be just as long as the metal gear but well that's what i'm saying i don't like i'm gonna be talking about metal gear for a while so okay well we'll start with news newsy Mm. newsy news so uh there's apple event yesterday that you had no idea was going on. I, I don't. I don't look at anything anymore. Apparently. I sent you a picture of the new iPhones. I was like, "Look, pink iPhone, motherfucker!" And you were like, "Oh, is that happening today?" I was like, "Yeah." Well, I kept because I'm I'm kind of like two weeks behind on podcasts, so I'm like two weeks <laughs> behind on like relevant events. So apparently, Pax Pax isn't this week. Nope, Pax so doesn't I'm, happen yet. I'm like, you can see the tabs open right now. I'm watching the Pax. Panel. Oh right. Um, actually, to that. I didn't get to watch the Apple Keynote live. I watched it. You're not even you're not even trying, are uh, you? What? To be an Apple fan. Whatever. <laughs> Phantom's dumb. Um Phantom Pain. But I hate you. <laughs> because so I had to get a tax form from the IRS mm-hmm, mm-hmm. building in the federal building downtown. So I went down there with Wendy and we get there. And I didn't know that I forgot the after Apple event was going on until we were, we got out of the building. But so since it's a federal building, it has a, a you know TSA like people that like yeah security check you in yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they probably should yeah of course it's a federal building mm-hmm. and I go in and he's like all right I need you to take out any electronics you have like oh, take them out of your backpack and I was like okay and so I had my laptop with me so I just take my laptop out of take my laptop case out of my backpack and then I take the laptop out of the case mm-hmm. and I put it in, in the busboy tray that they have that they're mm-hmm. gonna run mm-hmm. through the thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you have any chargers and I was like shit and so I start digging around and I pull out my MacBook charger I pull out my 3DS charger mm-hmm. I pull out my graphing calculator because I was like oh yeah I'll have this so I throw that in there and then I'm rummaging around and then I just have loose AAA batteries <laughs> I'm like, should I put these in here? He's like, yeah, put those in the thing. So I like drop all that in there. He's like, all right, like, and then I put my phone in there, obviously, and my headphones and stuff. And he's like, okay, stand in front of the metal detector, and I'll tell you come through. Oh, no. I'm ready. I'm like, okay, and then I walk through, and I'm fine. And he's like, all right, you're good. And he's like, are you waiting on this lady? I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting on her. She's like, all right, can you sit over on the bench. I'm like, sure. So I sit down and wait for Wendy. Wendy just plops her entire purse in the tray, and they run the tray through the thing. And he's like, okay. You walk through. She walks through. Metal detector goes off. He's like, okay, I have to wand you. And he's like, you know, being very proper. He's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do because obviously he doesn't want to do anything that could be read as inappropriate. He's like, please put your arms out, blah, 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 blah. And I'm watching him do this, and I'm like, she has a lot of fucking metal on her. Because she had a bracelet. She had a necklace. She had metal-studded boots on. She... And apparently the wand picked up the metal clasp on the back of her bra, so it kept going off on the small of her back. He's like, all right, I have to touch your back with the back of my hand. I'm letting you know that I'm touching your back with the back of my hand. And then he just, like, taps it for a sec. But she comes over, and I'm like, next time we ever have to come to this building, let's just leave everything at home. Yeah. T-shirt, shorts, just... (laughs) 
But anyways, and then I remembered about the Apple event as we were leaving. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> that was how you remember the Apple event? Yeah. What does that say about Apple? They're not as important as the government yet. Oh. I was saying more though. The, the strict... The jumping through a million hoops to get one fucking thing done defines Apple's design methodology. Just saying. God forbid you want to act outside of their bounds of their user flows. That's true. So, new Apple TV announced. Tell me about the Apple TV. Apple TV is... Basically, they're trying to do this huge games push is, like, one aspect of it. So, they were talking about it's going to be... I'm not sure if it was Phil Schiller or Eddie Q or whoever. Someone came up and they were talking about the Apple TV. And they were like, the future of TV is apps. Which... I guess is what people have been pushing for. It's either apps or a la carte channel shopping. Well, and you could argue that the that was pushed by like the Xbox, with yeah, the Netflix app, and then the you know HBO app, and and then you see like yeah, you have the HBO app, and then you have what else? Doesn't CBS have an app? Oh, there's tons. I mean, I use Hulu WWE. and Netflix on my PS. Like, I'll turn my computer off and pull up my PS4 just to use the Hulu app. Well, I'm talking about channel-specific apps, though. No, I know. There's also, like, yeah, there's the WWE network. There's all of the sports networks. Anyways. So, they were talking about... So, it's going to have a huge app-centric model. It's going to have its own app store. And then it's also going to use any universal app that works for iPhone iPad will also work for Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And then, so they went back. So the original, the original, original Apple TV was like this. Is basically a DivX because it was like a giant hard drive that like saved all your music. It was basically like like a Plex box. Mm-hmm. And then they switched to the streaming model. So it was like a small hundred dollar thing that had very little hard dri- hard drive space. And now they're kind of going back a step, where the new models. I think there are two tiers. It's like sixty four gig and one hundred twenty eight gig. Or 32 and 64, I can't remember which, but it's uh, 150 and then $200 are the two SKUs. And so you can basically save more data. So that's probably primarily for the apps, obviously. So you can have right, you game need, apps you need to save yeah. on there, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, I don't think anyone cares about local media anymore. No. Yeah, it's like, because, I mean, that, that did pretty well for me beforehand because you, whatever you had in your iTunes library, you just stream onto the device without having to download it locally. When are we going to get to a point where, like, you download locally a cache, like the way you do for video streaming, where, like, you're pulling it in and then deleting it really fast? So you do that for game assets, and then you just stream the, the, the functionality? Wasn't that the point of, like, OnLive in Gaikai? Kind of. But that was more so, like, you're literally, like, running a stream with low latency. Oh, so it's, like, it's, it's running over there. It's, mm-hmm. like... It's booting up. I'm saying, like... If you could handshake that process, where you're you're downloading a bunch of, of assets and stuff temporarily, so that you don't have to call those, and then the only thing that you're sending and getting reactions for is programmatic stuff right. that would require like a heavy graphics card or something to render, like rendering. But even rendering, then at that point, you might well just why would you pull the assets down to not render them? Yes, yeah, so, you know, because like if you use like occlusion calling and it's just rendering what's being seen, are you automatically deleting like what's if you turn to the left? And it loads all that, mm-hmm. and then you turn to the right. Is it just going to delete all that stuff immediately, or is it going to hold on to that stuff? What I'm saying is, you have this big cache that you work out of, right? But anywho, Apple TV is not doing that. No, what are they doing? So they're just doing local installs of whatever games you have. So I didn't watch the keynote, but they 
demoed a lot of stuff, and then I think some developers came out and announced that they're developing for it. So Harmonix is making a game called Beat Sports, which I can only assume is a rhythm-based sports game. Uh, the One of the former executive producers for Medal of Honor, Greg Goodrich, is making a game called Fantastic Plastic Squad. Crossy Road is coming with co-op support. That's so weird. Which I think is the funniest part, because when the Amazon Fire TV announced, they had Flappy Bird co-op. Do you remember that? Kind of. So, the Flappy Bird developer released Flappy Bird, and then, like, he shut it down after a couple of weeks, remember? Because Amazon approached him and said, hey, we want you to make it for Fire TV. Mm-hmm. And so he made a co-op version for Fire TV, and then he released, released Swing Copter for smartphones. So people that still wanted to play a Flappy Bird-like game could play Swing Copters, but if they wanted to play Flappy Bird, ask Flappy Bird, they had to play it on Fire TV, and then it was also had co-op support. So it's a weird... Kind of like posturing move. But it's also... These tech companies think the best kinds of games are couch co-op games. Oh, now I see where you're going. Which, they're not wrong, but it's, it's interesting adapting these mobile, free-to-play games. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna, like, it'd be way cooler if, like, Apple TV was launching the Samurai Gun. Or something in that vein. But I feel like this is such a, a more, like, broad push. I think it's such, it's, like, I think it's all about the branding. Because, like, yeah. Samurai Gun... I don't mean... I mean, like, a Samurai Gun-style game, not a... Well, sure. Okay. Well, I think that's what they're trying to make Crossy Road into. Yeah, but Crossy Road, to me, seems... Uh, I guess Crossy Road... That company's doing really well. Yes, they are doing very well. They were on stage, um, demoing the game. That's so funny, because I feel like just they didn't exist a year ago. And anyone's, I mean, obviously, they existed, but, like, no one... They weren't on anyone's radar. Mm-mm. And they're not very big. I think they're only, like, a handful of guys. Well, they make games that are well within their wheelhouse I think making... scope well I mean you find a cool loop and then you, you just do it really well yeah um and I'm that... doing game design for a lot of my classes really because I just keep pitching <laughs> apps that are games do they get pissed off no 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 they, 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 it's like it's, it's like my differentiating thing okay so then I'm like well if I can just get known for this maybe I can get hired for doing this so that's cool yeah I'm doing a uh well, actually, finish what you're saying, and then I'm going to tell you, because it's based on this Pokemon Go announcement. Did you see that? No. The Pokemon cell phone game? No. It's an augmented reality game. Oh. That's less cool than if it was just straight up Pokemon Port. But they're treating it like a tentpole Pokemon release, though, which is kind of weird. There's no actual gameplay either. Like they're not, It's showing them so like catching, collecting? battling, trading. Like It's doing the Pokemon stuff. So what's the AR component? Well, in the video, it's like a CG Charizard and a CG Blastoise fighting on a bridge. So if that's, like, the target, I have no idea what it actually is. Okay. But if you and I could point your your phone and my phone at the desk and see them fight on my desk... That would be pretty cool. And I can fucking give them commands. Dude, what? That's fucking it. That's all I'm done. It's <laughs> all I'm playing. Like, I pretty much pitched in Nintendogs for Jurassic World, where you raise a dinosaur, and then, like, you can, like, feed him and stuff, and he hangs out. And he'll grow. He'll grow, and then when he's full size, you can, like, look at him. Anyways, the giant ass iPad Pro. Yeah. Uh, and then so Guitar Hero Live, Skylanders, Geometry Wars, those are all coming to Apple TV. Didn't I see the Disney Infinity? Maybe. 
I didn't see that specifically. I saw a Star Wars thing. If Skylanders is coming, I'm sure all the other Toys to Life things are going to come. Except Amiibo, obviously. But. Eh. Amiibo's not even Toys to Life. But, yeah, so those are, like, the games associated with well-known people. I feel like this is a better push than... I feel like Amazon's game push is still in the oven. A lot of what Amazon is doing appears to be, like, they're, they're having a hard time. They had their whole tech division. All the Fire Phone people just left. Or were fired. I can't remember. I think I think they were let go. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, no, it seemed like a much more succinct push. It's just really weird to me for them to go into the game space now. Well, especially the way that they've treated games in the past. Well, when the guy that didn't like games dies... <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. That's true. Um, I just don't quite understand. I don't. For me, it's not doing anything for me. Like I don't even want an Apple TV. Like they didn't show anything with the Apple TV that like made me think, man, I should get rid of my this, that, or the other thing. Mm-hmm. The um, I mean, was there anything that it showed to you that was like you're like, man, I need that. Mm. Well, I don't own a set-top box. So, oh, well then for you, maybe. Yeah, and I don't, like... I mean, I have my PC hooked up to my television. So, if I want to use Netflix, I can just boot that up and, and go. Right. But... It's nice to have a remote, though. I do have, like, a little bit of iTunes content. See, I have none. Yeah, I have, I have a, a few movies and TV shows that I bought through iTunes. So, if I wanted to watch something... I'd probably get an Apple TV because, like, that's where it is, and I don't really, like, I'm, for better or for worse, I'm locked into the Apple Apple ecosystem, but I'm not mad about it. Like, I get frustrated with, like, their design choices or UI stuff or whatever. Like, I don't agree with it, and so the stuff I don't like, I just avoid, and the stuff I do like, I just use. I just don't like how it's so gated to Apple devices. No, I don't like that either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have a LG phone that works with a... I don't know who makes the Nexus 7. Asus yeah. tablet with an Apple computer. And, like, everything talks just fine. That's what I... If the Apple TV could talk to, like, a Plex media server and talk to my... Wasn't there a Plex app? I don't... I don't know. I can look. If there is, well, there should be. <laughs> it caps lock is on. <laughs> Apple Plex. It's got an iOS. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the thing is running. iOS. Yeah. <clears throat> well... But, um... So, tell me, okay, so, so long... But I think that it's all cool. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, their push is kind of different than Amazon's because, like, they're not purchasing people. I think they kind of doing it this way, they kind of admit they don't understand. Like, they've had Epic on stage for how many years? They're not doing what people? They, they're not purchasing... They're not acquiring game developers to work in-house on games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still wish they would hire someone to kind of... I they think need... they have been. At really? least... Well, they just opened... I mean, this doesn't really say much, but they just uh, created a game-focused Twitter account. It's like Apple Games or something. Or, I don't know, Apple TV Games. Mm-hmm. And so they're slowly, I think, trying to acknowledge that and trying to move away from the visage of just, like, games aren't real works of art. They, you know, they can't say what other media 
wants to say if you want to have if you want to make a statement go write a book those kinds of statements that they've had in the past I think. hey they're listening to a lot of my professors <laughs> your professors say that there's one in particular that's just like what do you do and I'm like I don't know I don't know fucking sit here and listen to you talk but with anything like I don't I'm not going to pass judgment on it this and, and the and Apple TV I, no no and, and if anything I've learned never discount Apple for anything for anything because apparently the Apple Watch has been doing really well despite what people have been thinking like the satisfaction product satisfaction on that thing is like 97% but that's not the the thing is though is that the people that I talk to that have an Apple Watch which I have one person in the intermediate class one of the VPs at SBNA had one and a couple of kids have them at the brand center the the reaction is never oh I don't like it you know it's all people like them they're cool um it's always like I don't know what it's for and that's the thing that I'm more interested like because when they figure that out then it's gonna become this big but well I think that's why they released it it's like we need to figure out what people are using this for yeah they look cool I like the way they look yeah I like that uh Android Wear now works for iOS. Mm-hmm. Just pick up an Android Wear watch. Oh, and run iOS on it? It doesn't run iOS. It can pair with an iPhone now. Oh. Just announced that a couple weeks ago. I just wish that the I- the Apple Watch was flatter. It's it's, it's kind of bulky. But it's, it's, not, it's, it's little, but it, I just want it to be squatter. More flush with your wrist. Yeah. I don't wear watches, though, so I'm not one to judge. No, I don't wear watches. My, my GPS watch is the most watches I've ever run. My, my dad has, like, 50 watches. He's like, one watch? I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, Dude, you should take a watch from your dad. That would be a cool watch to have. That's, what, that's like a cool watch to wear when, like, you go to a wedding, though, or something. It's my dad's watch. Well, I mean, sure. Well, like, you get a fancy watch. You'd be like, yeah. What time is it? Money o'clock. I'm <laughs> doing. Peace. It's half past. My dad gave this to me. I don't know. Like I, I like I do like the sentimental value of watches only because we were broken into when I was growing up and they took a watch from my dad that his dad gave him and that was like my dad was like just devastated. Oh. Just because it was it was a nice watch and it was but I think it's more that he's like fuck. Yeah, sentimental value. So I always thought that like for seeing that at that age made me think watches were cool. Right. <laughs> well, it's like an Apple watch isn't gonna have that sentimental value because you're no, not gonna pass it down. I'm fucking the text and that's like if I was to wear a watch, it would be more to be like. This is a cool looking watch. Like I don't, I can fucking pull my phone out at the time. Um, and it, or it's something to use when coaching. Like that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I hate the Steel Series controller. I should probably hold one, but I don't like it. Wait, why do you not like just seeing the screenshots of it? You don't yeah. like it? Yeah, I don't like it either. It looks to me like the Nvidia Shield. The bottom of it. That's. It's like the Nvidia Shield and the Fire TV game controller had child because it's got like those square. Edges it, to it. It just like I, I looked at the PS4 controller, which was a different controller, and I was like, "That looks pretty cool." Now, don't get me wrong; it's not terrible. It just looks dumb. It just looks bland. It looks like an off-brand controller. Yeah. They would play those games that they like the. It's like the fifty games in the controller. You hook it yeah, up to your yeah your, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like a really composite. like and it's like a, a, a Mario World two is running at like a ten frames per second. And you're like, what's going on here? Um. So. What so does does Microsoft have a copyright on the colors to the face buttons? Because every time I see another company make a controller and they use the X Y A B buttons, but different colors. Because isn't A green on Xbox? Yeah, it's A is green, B is red, Y is yellow, and X. 
is blue. So in this one, they just switched out. They were swapped X and Y and A and B to be the opposite color. I just wish they fucking picked a different vernacular for buttons. Oh. Because I have a PS4 controller up to my PC, and it's always A, B, X, Y. So I've just accepted that X is A, which is confusing, because then you get to um, X is on a PS4 to square. Oh, really? Yeah. So wait, what, what? which one's cross? The bottom one? A. Oh, okay. And then B is circle, and Y is triangle. Which, Y being triangle to me makes sense for whatever it's a arbitrary reason. Reverse triangle. And then B being circle, but the X and the square just, it's always like, what? Oh, Wait, is there a PS4 driver? For a lot of PC games yet? are coming. No, but a lot of games will recognize the PS4 controller and as the PS4 switch controller. the UI. Yeah, like yeah. The Witcher does it. Um, MGS does not do it. MGS might do it. Far Cry does it. Um, Dying Light. Does it. A lot of newer games, because the way they boot those games in, I guess it it's the PS4 is essentially a PC reading a controller. So if the games have that in there, it just works. I think. I don't know. I don't know a lot about controller codecs, but. That's only gonna get harder with the Steam controller. I'm so I'm so excited for that. I'm excited for that because um, this the the stupid force touch on this thing, the Mac, made me like a bigger believer in like the whole haptic thing because mm-hmm. it's so deceiving. Well, to that point about the controller, so I saw another headline where this fucking thing looks like a RoboCop. <laughs> the new RoboCop. With the like, black and red yeah, finish? Yeah, it, like, it looks like Robocop would pull that out and drive a robo-tank. It looks like Robocop 2. Have you seen Judge Dredd? The new one? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I love it. It's great. Or Dredd. I just love that actor that plays him. He's Bones in Star Trek. Yeah, he's Bones. He's, um, he's a perfect Bones. Who's the guy in Are you going to start watching Star Trek? Old Star Trek? Yeah, or Next Generation, at least. Should I? Yes. Have you? Yes. Okay. Haven't you seen Max Timkin's, like... Haven't you heard? I've heard about it. Yeah, because Dan's been talking about it on the podcast. Um, that's made me want to watch it again. Because Jamie and I used to talk about it all the time at work. I've never seen any Star Trek. Like, Star- outside the movies. Star Trek just paints this picture of the future that I'm like, man, I wish it was that way. I've seen the new movies, and I've seen Wrath of Khan. And I've seen, a like, the end of the motion picture. Oh. Um, it's, it's a really cool show. It does things that shows are still trying to do, I think. And the, the only thing I've seen done close to that style of, of whatever sci-fi it is is Mass Effect. Because yeah. Mass Effect is so just yeah, space opera. inspired. Yeah. Well, space opera, but like, it's these nice... The cool thing about Mass Effect is it's these stories that you go and you find out just what you need to know. And you effect some change on it, and then you leave. <laughs> and then you never worry about it. Or it might come back later, but like, it's just really cool. And then like Mass Effect takes like the darker... Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So this controller. So this controller. So someone took a screen grab, I think, of the keynote of the transistor download page on Apple TV, and it said, "What did it say?" It said, "Game controller optional," just in the store page, which made people wonder. Well, is that saying like third-party peripherals? Because game controller optional was like a thing. Since these are universal apps, it can't be referring to the game controllers that you use for iPhone because those are ones that like click onto the sides of the iPhone like a case. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, well, is this speaking to third-party apps or is Apple trying to also develop like a traditional gamepad on top of what, uh, on top of their new Apple TV remote, which we also should talk about. Talk about. So it's basically they 
kind of combined a Wii remote with the Apple with the Amazon Fire TV remote with the old Apple remote. So it's got. I love the old Apple TV remote. So it's split in half, and the top half of it has touch feedback. So you can use it to. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can use it to navigate a menu. And Ooh, I like that a lot. You can click in to select something, and you can also use it to scrub if you're in a movie or TV show. So you can like swipe fast to scrub forward really fast. And I think we're about to move into the era of everything being touch surfaced, and we already kind of are. Kind of are. But with the PS4 controller having it, that like, what's the next big thing that's gonna have a touch surface? Your MacBook. The screen. Mm. Some people really like the touch screen on t- on computers. I never, I could never figure out a, like I would never want to make this. Reach. Yeah, I still, I still agree with. You know the Jobs quote about how he like like that kind of thing, like the way it's angled and the way you'd have to constantly hold up. Your the yoga is cool. It. Yeah, but the yoga you can fold into a right. tablet, can't you? But I want, like, I want all of this to be a touch surface. But the iPad Pro, like they're kind of like also yeah, moving away from that. It's like yeah. I don't know. All right, keep going. Though. I'm sorry, I keep changing. So it has that and it has a dedicated Siri button. So I believe there's a microphone in the remote, where yeah. you can ask Siri here. It's deep personal desires, and and it's, it's natural language now. It's more natural language, so it's like show me comedies or show me the episode. I think the example was like show me the episode of Modern Family with Edward or something. Which I don't know if Edward's an actor or a character, but like he has scissor hands. It's doing. It's you know it's it's obviously searching, querying some sort of back end, looking through like metadata about yeah, the TV shows so, and stuff. It's so crazy what you can do with all this stuff now. Because they had that stuff for. Do you use Siri? A little bit. I use Siri mostly for alarms. Like, if if like I'm busy, I'll be like, set an alarm or set a timer, and then I'll be like, call Wendy. So I found myself. I do call a lot, because for some reason, going to my contact book and finding a phone number is just a nightmare. And then adding stuff to my calendar, and even searching on Google, I do a lot of voice now. Like I did it unironically this morning, like when Sarah and I were looking for something, which I think is weird. Like I feel like we're all in like, it's about. I feel like we're still reaching for, like, when voice is going to be, like, standard. But I think we're getting, like, really, really close. We are getting close. And someone just needs to make a device where it's, like... Like, I feel like the Xbox One was, like, three years too early. Well, it's also... Do you see what I'm getting to, though? Like, we're, like, I feel like with all the natural speech stuff and, like, what it can pull from and how it's... You have all this years and years of data of, like, how people talk. But the problem is, like, all these... All the data is siloed. Like, I feel like Google has the most data, obviously. Which is why it's... I mean... Experience wise, it's it's on par. I search, and then I think, go ahead. I think Amazon probably has like the second largest cache of data using Man, the Echo. If they open that Echo up to use outside apps like Spotify, I'd have it in a second. And then who's next? It's either it's either going to be Microsoft Apple. or Apple. Apple. It's got to be Apple. You think so? I think Siri's used enough. I think. Well, yeah, they have. I bet, like, you, I bet you Amazon and Apple are actually closer than we think. Sure, but. Someone needs, someone I think, you know, these companies, that's their, you know, that's their competitive advantage is like their data to a certain extent. It's like, all data. I feel like that. That's I, Facebook. I bet you Facebook has a bunch. But for voice search? I don't know. Oh, did you see M? You know M? Mm, it's like their the, new assistant. Like James Bond's boss? Yeah. Yeah. Judy, Wait, is it really Judy named Dench M? Is in, no. It's no, not no. named after M. I, well, I know, but it's Facebook M? <laughs> yes. It's built wow. in a messenger and it's their Siri, uh replication man facebook's weird facebook is weird facebook's so because facebook to me just keeps they work in a way that i just their advertising shit like that we use is just terrifying 
like good yeah because you just willingly give everything you want they don't have to ask for it they don't pay for it it's theirs and it's so valuable well what was that video you showed me a while ago Sephora Horses of the Apocalypse was it Amazon Apple mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Facebook Microsoft yeah like I feel like all the time Facebook's the dark horse like everyone expects oh who's gonna buy Oculus Facebook bought Oculus why'd Facebook buy Oculus I just feel like Facebook is run by that the the best parallel is the, the Tumblr purchase versus the Instagram purchase they were very similar times in their lifespan, and then Facebook made Instagram this insanely marketing, marketable machine. Because have you been on Instagram lately? Yeah, it's a bunch of ads, not in an obnoxious way. Like they have like a, a really natural flow, but you, you probably even notice there's ads in it in your feed all the time now. Really? Yeah, I don't see ads. I'll show you. Um, but it, they do they do it in a way they've learned how to be unobnoxious about it. I do see Tumblr ads all the time. Yeah, but Tumblr is too late for Tumblr. You like Tumblr. I like Tumblr. You should like Tumblr. Like Tumblr. You're a little weirdo. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Tumblr did what RSS never succeeded at, which was making a attractive feed for people's blogs. It did what Blogger or Friendster or MySpace never really accomplished. Like I used the only one of those I could ever get into was Zanga. Zanga. Yeah, Zanga. Look it up. Not not Zynga. X A N G A. That's weird. Zanga 2.0 is here. They made a new one, That's dude. I swear I saw ads the other day in here. Now I can't find. Yeah, it. I've never seen ads, dude. Dude, no, I wouldn't make this up. Uh, Hold up. Uh, Hush. Uh, dude, maybe if you go to like like the the one where it's like popular results or like what's like trending now. No, they're never expensive ad buys, and they show up in the top of your feed. Oh. Uh, oh fuck! There was one. I knew it. See, people are really smart about it because I didn't even notice that was an ad. This is pure New Zealand. About traveling. Huh. Yeah. So it's the sponsored ones. I've never seen that. Well, and I almost think you, you might not notice because you're simple. I'm just kidding. I, I am. I am that. No, no, no. But but that's that's pretty good evidence that I was swiping through. I didn't notice it. Also, I have a lot of friends that take photos like that because my friends aren't, aren't see aren't assholes. Assholes. Way to go, New Zealand. Way to match a bunch of hipster kids. Just kidding. I like all my friends. From Central Virginia. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, so, we gotta move on from this, though. Okay, well, that's Apple TV. Oh, um, and then the remote also has motion controls. And there's a fucking, literally, like, point for point, a picture of someone holding the Apple remote with a wrist strap, just like a Wii remote. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I hated the copy they wrote for it. What did it say? It was like, and for when it gets too fun and exciting, there's a wrist strap, and then in parentheses, which it will, in parentheses. And I was like, I just like literally, like I, I, I pictured a razor, and then I cut my own throat with it. Because <laughs> I hated it that much. <laughs> I mean, most of Apple's copy is pretty okay. Like, like I know that charmy kind of like... I like Google's voice better than... Which you mean? I get it. Like, like Google, other, right? Yeah, because it get, fucking rocks. Gets dick out of your mouth. Jesus Christ! No, because they they make really useful shit, and they have a nice design aesthetic that works. Um, I got in, like a big argument with my class the other day about it, because they're saying that Apple's made for people that want to use software that don't know how to use it, and Google's made for like 
don't really care about the user. And I like. I think that's becoming less and less true. That second point, that first point, is still very true. No, 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 no. I'm th- but they were like, they're talking about like how Apple is kind of like. I think the new a lot of the new OS isn't is actually making it harder to use Apple software on the phone. It's much more confusing than it was. Even if it's pretty, it is prettier. I think the Apple's aesthetic looks nice. Oh, really? You like the frosted glass everywhere and stuff? I don't like, like it more than I like the Google aesthetic. But I think I think it, it is at least appealing aesthetically. I think that their thin font on a black background is starting to look really dated, though. In the keynote, I was like, man, that looks, like, old. Well, they, they, they updated the new OS font. It's, like, called San Francisco. It's, like, their mm-hmm. in-house yeah. made font. I remember when they, when they were talking about it. Yeah. Um, because it was debuted on the Apple Watch, and then they switched it to to the phones. That's iOS 9, coming out in the week. Mm. But, anyways, the argument, I was just like, Apple's designing software that I think they think looks really nice, but it's just hard to use, whereas as Google is, is, I think they're concerned about making it look nice, but the, the basis of material design, about adding depth, and like giving you a sense of, of, of space, on a screen is super awesome and like the smartest thing you could do. Well, I constantly think that the new Apple human interface design, whatever their official term for it, I don't know, the flat design, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. the I constantly think it's a half step. I'm like, okay, yeah. When are you going to iterate on this again and make it like when you when are you gonna do the Apple thing where I just can't picture using something because this here is like hands down one of the greatest things, which. I mean, most of the... And this here is, like, the greatest thing. The screenshot thing? Yeah. Like, Apple knows how to make really useful tools that make using their software better. Well, I like the OS X when they updated to the new look. I like that a lot better than the iOS stuff. Like, the iOS oh, stuff. I love all the Yosemite stuff, too. Yeah. The iOS stuff still has... It's still kind of half-baked, I feel. Well, especially I think, the icons. Like some of the icons just look atrocious. That the Safari icon still looks. Well, do you like? Do you like all the Google icons, don't you? Oh yeah. So you're just, see, you're just, you're coming over to the Google side. Of no, the I can appreciate. It's both. funny because if we have this argument, oh no, no, I'm not saying I'm. It's not a fan of thing, but I do think one is objectively better than the other. It's not me being like I love Google. <laughs> it's not a fan of thing, but I think this one's just way better. No, no, no. I think genuinely, I moved from iPhone to Android because I didn't like how my iPhone was working. And I like this. Jamie and I used to get arguments all the time because he's a big Microsoft guy. Like he lives in the. Well, Microsoft. he'll never win. This is right, but he would be like, "It's not me being a fan of Microsoft. I genuinely like how Microsoft products work." And that was, his, and that's how I feel about Google. Where I'm like, Google just. I spend less time trying to figure out how to use it and more time on like using it to do things that I need to do. And Drive is now amazing. Drive sucked for oh, so long. Mm-hmm. I love Drive now. Mm-hmm. I am all... I hate the UI of Drive. I hate navigating it. You gotta fucking organize that shit. I do organize it. Make some folders. Look, I organized our fucking Ward podcast folder. It just doesn't look good. I love the way it looks. I don't like it. No. I love it. No. Fuck you. No. And I hate that when I right-click and click create new file, and then it pulls up a prompt every some every fucking time are you sure you want to create this new file it's going to be shared I'm like yes that's why I'm creating it in this goddamn folder yeah there's a couple things that are well I think that the, the deeper you get into drive the less of a user space you're in and the less they have time to iterate on it because they're still working on the front end of it <coughs> but in OneDrive is pretty rad Jamie made us use that a lot Microsoft's kind of sweet of... I mean I like all the 
new office stuff. Like I finally Apparently rocks. I finally updated to 2016. 2016 because with a student mm-hmm. email you can get a free license mm-hmm. for it, and it has like Office 365 built into it or whatever. Apparently, Office 365 is pretty dope too. Yeah, I mean, I haven't used it much, but I'm sure it's cool. But the fucking annoying thing was that I was using old. I don't know what it was. I think it was 2011 because mm-hmm. that was the last version they had for Mac. Yep. And saves would get corrupted all the fucking time. Yep. 2011 just looked bad, too. Yeah. Everything was way too big. Yeah. Like, all the buttons at the top. I was like, what is this? who thought this was a good idea? And the new version finally supports uh, touchpad, like, zoom in, like pinch to zoom and shit like that. I'm like, oh, thank Christ. I'm excited of all the creative software moving to touch-based stuff. To that point, I just want to bring up the other announcement they had for the Apple Pro. Mm-hmm. Because eventually... Or, yeah. <laughs> no, Apple Pro. Nice. Uh, eventually I want to invest in like a digital drawing tablet that's like a screen like a mobile one and before the horses in that race were the Wacom the Surface the Surface and now it's the Apple Pro the Bamboo tablet well the Bamboo is not is not a screen I'm talking uh, about like one, you, one instead you of can, having a drawing out, pad okay. you go out and you have a screen and you just draw on that I don't know man I the Surface well, the thing it has that's going for the Wacom and the Surface is that they both run Windows. They run, like, straight Photoshop. I and, and Adobe's, like, in bed with them, making it work really well. Right. Which I'm sure Apple could be like, hey. Well, that's the joke. So, during the keynote, apparently, you know who Walt, uh, Walt Mossberg is? He used to work for All Things D. That was owned by, I think, the Wall Street Journal. And then, and then he moved and founded Recode. And now Recode and The Verge are both owned by Vox Media. But he was, like, one of the few people that, like, knew Steve Jobs personally. Like, Steve Jobs would talk to him all the time. He's, like, one of the few press people that got really close to Jobs. And he was talking so much shit during the keynote yesterday. Because they invited, like, an Adobe guy up. He's like, all right, here's Adobe. Talk about their new software. It's like, here's Adobe. And then Walt Marsberg just goes, who we killed? And I was just like, God damn. They didn't kill Adobe. They killed Flash. They killed Flash, but Adobe... It, it forced Adobe to, to recognize they gotta move on. Killing Flash is the best thing that could happen to Adobe. Sure. Who we killed. He didn't yell in the audience. Okay. What? In the audience of the keynote? Yeah. I think he meant like he like live blogged yeah. it in all caps. He might have whispered it to the people around him, but he was there. Oh. He yelled it out. It'd be hilarious if he yelled it out. And this <laughs> guy picked up on like, the mic. <laughs> uh, Tim Cook just pauses for a second. Doesn't know what to do. Tim Cook is too well trained in the, to pause. Tucked his shirt in yesterday. That's a new one. Did what? Usually has his shirt pulled out. Tucked his shirt in. It's a special occasion. Probably has an adult diaper on or something. <laughs> um. All right. Well, Apple. I'm not impressed. So not impressed. I didn't watch it. I just didn't even know what was going on. The the most exciting thing is I think pressure based get gestures on touch screen is pretty cool. Yeah, well, like I said, like I'm really excited. Like, and they're making a stylist. Like, Jobs is just rolling in his grave, but they're making a stylist, and I'm super excited. This is the best stylist. As I point <laughs> to my finger. Um, I'm just curious. I'm curious how they're going to handle that race going trying to do more enterprise and professional stuff with iPad. I just don't know. To me, they should just make it run OS ten. Yeah, like why, 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 
what Windows is doing is the, the fucking right idea, I think. I think with Windows 8, they failed enough that they figured it out. But it, Windows 10 on tablet is dope. Like, Jamie has it. It's uh-huh. it. It's what you need it to be. Like, why... You know that they're working on it right now. Or they have to be. Like, on having what? an iOS OS B1. Oh, I'm sure. Well, they just, tried doing that a while back when, like, they tried to bring, like, mission control and stuff to OS ten, where it's, like, instead of... Like having a traditional desktop in your dock, you could like swipe up, and it was just a, a tray of icons. Yeah, that thing. That's stupid. It is stupid. No one uses it. It's stupid. I mean, why would I ever do this? Unless I could be like like look at it with my eyeballs, and it went, you know. All right. So long and short of it, you need, so you want an iPad Pro? You think, or are you gonna wait and see? I'm gonna wait and see, because obviously I don't have the money for that. But. <laughs> so what to me is interesting about the iPad Pro is it it all of a sudden the Apple market is at eight hundred dollars for a laptop essentially. Yeah. Well, how much? How much is the MacBook? MacBook, like their new twelve inch. I think it's maybe around there. It's another thousand dollar one. Because I'm looking at them. And then, see, I would like to see the MacBook Pros drop their. The problem is, is MacBook Pros are like the default to college computer. But I'd like to see a more powerful bottom range be the fifteen hundred range, and then people start developing software around that. Mm-hmm. Just because you know. Dude, I use those Mac Pros though. It, it renders like you know how like it takes a moment for like to render the sound even. Two seconds. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, because like, 16 gigabytes of RAM. No, 32. I was reading about how like the MacBook Airs went from like the top of the line MacBooks to the bottom of the line MacBooks. Between, yeah. and I was like, man. And here's a 13 inch though. Yeah, like I saw I, someone has a 10 inch one. Yeah. It's so tiny. Well, it's 11 inch. Yeah, it's cool. Um, the bezel is so much of the screen, though. I'm like, why, they, why didn't they just do a bezel-less screen? It looks like a netbook. It's really funny. Keyboard's a little itty-bitty. But for a, a strategist has it, and she just uses it for word processing, so it's like she can put it in her purse. Right. I need I need something more powerful. I need something with more space, because I'm running on 120 gigs, so I'm constantly... That's fucking... That sounds like a nightmare. ...managing space. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Apple Kingdom. Done. Of all of these stories... Since we are already at nearly an hour. Let's talk about this Destiny one. Okay. I think that's the one I'm most interested in. One. Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah. I kind of rank these, sorry. Like I can see, because you put notes on these. Actually, no, I want to talk about Happy Birthday Monkey Island. <laughs> no. It's 25 years old. Happy birthday. All right. <sighs> Make a wish. So kind of give, give me the rundown. So Martin O'Donnell, who is the former... Um, Lead compo- sound guy. Yeah, composer for all things Bungie. He did all the Halo games up until Reach. And he did like Oni and some other Bungie games that they worked on. He's been there a while. And he helped collaborate on Destiny. And then he was kind of unceremoniously let go sometime during development. He was like... You don't hear a lot about like... People knew who he was. Yeah. Like people that don't care about that knew who he was. Like you don't... Like how many game composers can you, like it's like Koji Kondo, and it's Martin Tommy Tallarico, <laughs> Tommy Tallarico. <laughs> oh yeah, like because they watch it playground. Um, that was a weird show. It was a weird show. It was very awkward. Who was the other guy on that show? Lucas, um, something Lucas. I'm impressed you remember that much. I don't even remember that much. I watched a lot of tech TV growing up. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's, it's it was kind of weird when it happened because it it's it's a big talent loss because I think 
the cult of personality like that he had established as like he makes and he and Halo music was good like it, you, you liked, I liked it when I played like yeah. it was very distinctive I own the ODST soundtrack the ODST soundtrack rocks everyone yeah. loves that soundtrack I think it was just because it was such a different take yeah. on it it's all jazzy and noir and, and it just felt right it was it's the same way that the music felt right in Hotline Miami right. that I liked it like it adds to the experience a lot um so all these documents came out yeah, so the so Martin O'Donnell uh, sued Bungie for unpaid wages, and he either won or they settled. Or no, I think no, I think he won. And so way, he got a lot of money. He, yeah, he got he got his due, which he deserved. Yes. And in the proceedings, obviously, whenever something goes to court, you have to submit a whole bunch of documents and probably documents you don't actually want to be in the public eye, but they're now, dirty laundries for everyone to see. They're now in public record. And one of the things was talking about substantial revisions to Destiny's story mm-hmm. and how it affected both the development and the time frame for release. So in- initially, Bungie wanted to set out to release the game in September 2013, which this was just an internal, like, they didn't announce this. They just no, said, yeah, this yeah. is our internal milestone, we want to release it by then. And then August 2013... Um, Someone came in and they made significant edits to the story. And I think this was partially contributed to Activision, like Activision's influence on the project. What makes you think that? that. I think it was kind of stated in the story and also um, hearing around on other things like the bomb casting, hearing Activision kind of like probably not meddling as much as they normally do, but kind of trying to push their influence well, what, would, what would an Activision story influence be like a I don't know oh okay they had more influence on the music is what was because they did, did yeah because because you know they had those Led Zeppelin trailers and so they put the Led Zeppelin music in it instead of the composed music and then certain parts of the the no it was just in the trailer so in the trailers they just replaced and that was like a, a touching point for him. Yeah, and, and apparently he took a sabbatical in fall two thousand thirteen, and that's when they were doing dialogue changes and story changes and stuff. So, but my question is, is like, what, what do you think caused these story edits? Was it that they just realized that this isn't this is not feasible? Because to me, it seems like the game was meant to be much bigger, and it wasn't. I'm taking a look at it right now to see what. Well, either way, it's just it's it's more to this. This is this. I've never seen anything like this before, in games where a game is so publicly discussed. But also, like a lot of Destiny's dirty laundries come out. Cause I think that people always knew that it was supposed to be bigger than it was. And that it, it, I still think the Taken King looks cool though. Well, I think the Taken King, cause that's like their big 2.0 or big. Like, this is this year's expansion or whatever you want to call it, update, I think is trying to fix a a lot of those issues. And so another another contributor to this thing was that Joe Statton, one of the head writers for Destiny, left around this time. So I think that's what caused the story edit. So you had the, sto- yeah. you had the story things going on, and you had the music stuff going on, and I think Activision trying to play its part as kind of this you know, as as the publisher and trying to make sure it got to market and, and it and it 
and it got the attention it deserved. I think replacing Martin's music in the trailer was probably a touching point because, like most of the other trailers, like all through, no, I mean, Bungie's development in Halo, people liked it. Yeah, I and wonder if paying that much for the trailers actually paid off. I don't know. I wouldn't think it would. I really wouldn't think it would, but I don't know. Because yeah. I mean, like I said last week, Led Zeppelin's pretty expensive. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what do you buy? Like, other than like a, a show of like, I guess those songs hit hard, but I, I just don't know. But yeah, so so they did story edits in the fall of 2013, and then they tried to set a new internal release date of March 2014, and then the final release was eventually September 2014. So a year after those edits, then Sounds it finally right. released. It's a big machine, you got to change directions. Right. So I don't know how sig- significant these directions were, and I haven't, I haven't touched Destiny. I've played like all of I liked it a lot. 10 minutes. Of, yeah, but did you like the story, or did you like the gameplay? Because from what oh, I understand... Oh, the gameplay. Yeah, I, was, I was listening to the podcast while I played it. Yeah, from what I understood, there's nothing there in terms but of... But I life. liked it the same way I liked Diablo. Okay, but, but I did. I did like Diablo's story. Diablo has more of a narrative. Diablo thread. has an arc, and it made the first playthrough of Diablo that much more enjoyable. But the fun part of Diablo was like just Tim and I mowing through shit, and like just finding new. The combinations of skills and stuff makes it really fun, and and Destiny has that a little bit. But Destiny's one of the best feeling games. But. Diablo also has like their side missions, like companion missions, don't they? Like with the. Oh, no, Diablo, if you're into like Diablo's like batshit insane lore, then sure. About being half demon, half god, Nephilim or whatever. It's fine. Get then, the Nephilim! There's enough there that like it's okay, mm-hmm. but it's not worth like. They're good, they're, they're like good like story points. Like the part where. Who is the girl? Who's the main girl? Do you remember her name? Like the part where Deckard Cain dies. Deckard Cain's uh, granddaughter niece. or her niece. Maybe it's her granddaughter. Um, and the part where Liara? the girl. Liara? I don't remember. Lila? And what's the. Carmen San Diego? Really bad at this. Carmen San Diego. Where in the world is she? Tomb Raider? <laughs> and then the part where. What's the main angel. Angel's name? Ah, shit. Lucius Invictus. Fuck. Um. Invictus. Raphael. That, that's closer. It's like Rafimi. Ariel or Yeah, Ariel, Ariel. No, that's not it. That's one of the other ones. Um, we'll keep we, we, what's your point? The point where he turns human. Like these are like the main touching points and then like like this is and then so it's Decker Kane dying, it's him turning into a human from falling from grace. And then it's the part where the girl gets sacrificed and turns into a Diablo. I think those are like the main points. Like those are like the emotional high notes of that and then everything else is kind of like but you're right it's more of a story than I mean Destiny does not have much of a story but the world of Destiny I thought was really cool sure but like that's kind of like what I said last week about how Bungie can build the space but Bungie can't make it feel really lived in yeah Tyrael Tyrael god I want to play Diablo again oh no time oh man I love Diablo Maybe next week, Tim and I will finally beat Reverse Souls. But Look how far I have in this paper. Good work is. Yep. But right, so, like, Joe Stanton left, and he was writer for Destiny, and now he's back in Microsoft Game Studios, but he's not working on Halo. Like, they specifically said he's not working on Halo. No, no I think it's cool, though, because I think he builds 
pretty cool, interesting. How long has he been with the company? You no, know, is he was he like? I, yeah. I just I think I think Halo as a universe that's interesting, and I think Halo as a universe that is well realized, even if it's not always the best characterization of it. Right. But there's definitely a sense of this this large conflict, humanity's role, um, this this alien. It's cool. I think it's good, good enough. I think it does the job it needs to. Sure. I just think like you're more into the Halo story than I am. I think, but not by much. And you know what's going on. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I've only known what's going on because like trying to like I know what's going on more than I know what's going on in the fucking Metal Gear universe. Like just by re because like at least it's linear in the Halo universe and like shit makes sense. And you're just... drawing like a squiggle, and then like you make it like really really big, and you keep circling back on itself. That's the Metal Gear universe. Okay. But and those squiggles in a scantily clad outfit. But, like, there are, like, high points in the Halo stuff, too, but the high points are, like, more action-oriented. So there's, like, the scene with the bomb in Halo 2 where he, like, pushes the bomb off the ship onto the other ship, and there's... That's, or the fucking Warthog sequence in Halo 3 at the end. When you're yeah, driving. when you're driving. That was so thing. cool. And... Or the opening scene of Halo 1. Or the beach scene. Yeah, when you crash on the beach. Yeah. That's, like... That was, like... That was when I played... The first time I played it, I was, like... I can go. I can go on the shoreline. I can run up the hill. I can jump. I can drive a warthog. I can not drive a warthog. I can drive the gunner. I can look up there. There's a ring. I can look over there. It's the same ring. I never. I never put together the Halo thing until like Halo Four. And I was like, oh, they're Halos. But like, I mean, three four three narrative wise didn't do much better with Halo Four because, you know, you, oh, we defeated the Covenant. Oh, look, the Covenant are back. And now, I don't know why Cortana's boobs keep getting bigger. She's an AI. It makes no sense to me. She rampancy. It's a symptom of rampancy. But, like, there's no program that's just like, hmm, hologram boobs need to be bigger. To me, that just seems like a really shitty, just like, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm glad she doesn't have the pixie cut anymore. That was stupid. I hate those haircuts. On men and women. No one should look like Tinkerbell. Mostly men. No one should look like who? Tinkerbell. Oh, okay. Is that why it's called a pixie cut? Oh my god. Revelations. Oh, okay, Mr. Fucking Know-It-All. Just because your parents are hairstyles in my arms, I mean, I get to know all the vocabulary. <sighs> Moving on. Well, so, you don't have a PS4 or an Xbox or anything, so you're not going to play Destiny? Are you at all interested in Destiny, or is it not for you? I mean, I played a lot of Halo 3. I played a lot of Halo 2. I played even more Halo 3. I've probably put at least a good several hundred hours in the Halo 3. Really? Like, at least one or two hundred hours. Really? Yes. My brother and I played Halo 1 on 1 every morning before school. Yeah, I played play a lot of Halo on 3. That, what's that ground, the grassy map, the really small one that was based on, like, Lockout? It's, Wait, in Halo 3? In Halo 3, it's oh. green. It's, I don't know what they renamed it, but Lockout. But yeah, it's, it's the, the lockout jungle equivalent. Lockout. Yeah. But no, it's exactly Lockout. It's the same exact map. Um, it's just a different terrain. Well, Lockout's the best map in any game ever made. I love everything about Lockout. Have you seen? Have you gone back to Lockout and looked at the draw distance in Lockout? It sucks. It's so bad. It was, it was like, that's why it, like it worked because it was a snowy mountain. Yeah. But SWAT on Lockout, that was like some of the most fun. SWAT's pretty good. SWAT's fun. That game, the verticality that Lockout offers makes that level so good. Mm-hmm. It gets a lot of shooting from the third floor to the first floor. I mean, yeah. that's hard to do. It's really good design. Ascension's pretty good. Always like Ascension. Ascension's really fun. That's the that's the one from two, right? Yeah, it's the one with the, the spinning thing. thing. Yeah. That map rocks. Yeah. 
It's got a big snipe. It's got two good sniping perches. It's got a good underground. Anyways, so you were asking if I'm interested in playing... Like, I like Bungie. I like Bungie as a developer, so, like, if I get one of those two consoles, I... But you don't see yourself getting one of those two consoles? No, I do. Eventually. Eventually, really? So, so this is my track record for the past two generations. You buy it at the end. I bought... No, I buy in the Nintendo console first, and then I go, why the fuck did I buy this? And then I Dude, buy the I Xbox really console. I really you, though. Yeah, well, no. Like, there's always good reasons for getting it, but, like, especially with the Wii. Like, less so with the GameCube, but especially for the Wii. Like, I got it, and I was like... Yeah, I got the Wii, and I was like, I never use this. Yeah. But the Wii U, I, I think, if you buy a Wii U right now, you would get your money's worth out of games. Oh, yeah. And you would get... So I mean, and the thing is... Mario the, Maker alone is fucking... Mario Maker, Wind Waker, Smash Brothers, Splatoon... Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3's on Wii U? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, it didn't come out for Wii U, though, did it? Pikmin 3's a Wii U game. Oh. Hmm. Um, what about Pikmin 2? Was that Wii? It was GameCube. So, 1 and 2 were GameCube, and there was nothing on the Pikmin Wii? Pikmin 3 was originally supposed to come out for the Wii, and then it came out for the Wii U. Huh. I'm almost positive. Because they just announced, because Miyamoto just said they're almost done with Pikmin 4. Well, that's why everyone was kind of shocked by that. Yeah, it's Wii U. Um, so, uh, I think, uh, and then Super Mario 3D World? I think it should just come down in price a little bit more. And then I'm in. If it was 150 bucks, I'd go and buy one right now. Well, what is it now? 250. If it hit 200, I'm telling you what I would buy. If no, I I get 200. Really? Yeah, I get 200, get a game. That's not a bad. I mean, that's not a. It's not a bad. But you can buy a Wii U in five years and still have the same experience. You know what I mean? Like, because there's no online. Well, yeah, I can do that with. Except for Splatoon, unless you want to get in on Splatoon. Right. Or Mario Kart. But I had never played Mario Kart online. Oh, I want to try it. I've never done it, but... I played it on the DS online, and that was nuts. That blew my mind. I think I, I might have done that, too. Um, so, you would get it once you got the console, you think? Yeah. It's Is it on PC? No, it's not going to come up on PC anytime soon, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably, like... And I'm still, like, split between what console I would get. Because, I mean, everyone's yeah. raving about the PS4, but, like, I've traditionally been like, like Xbox I mean, guy. Yeah, I... But, like, the thing is, like... I don't know if the PS4 exclusive games you would be into, except for Uncharted. Uncharted would probably be cool. I still haven't played Last of Us, so I'd go out and buy Last of Us. Right. Probably try playing Bloodborne and see if I could... I don't think you'd like Bloodborne. No, uh, probably not. I don't think that the... the the things that I like about Bloodborne are the things that you and I like disagree on usually, okay. which is like animation priority and like. So it's just Monster Hunter. It's yeah. just reskin Monster Hunter. It's a faster Monster Hunter. Am I just gonna enter a room? And it's just gonna be Monster Hunter. When you in a boss fight, it pretty much is that. It's a lot Go of watching. Fog wall. Bloodborne's I I, I hit a wall in that game. I can never get there. I liked it a lot though. If I get Xbox One and play Rare Replay. Dude, that's why I want fucking Xbox One. I want to play Banjo Kazooie again, and I want to play uh, Sunset Overdrive. That's the game that I really want to play, and I want to play Crackdown Three. I don't know. Microsoft seems to be doing stuff right. Phil Spencer. All right. Uh, really quickly, tell me about Metal Gear Solid Five and The Witcher Three Seven from the same big flaw. What's that? Oh, there's a a Forbes article I glanced on. It was just talking about how difficult it is to do open world game design because you it's very easily to populate it with boring side stuff 
Which is funny because from what I've heard about Witcher Three and Metal Gear Solid, like they do the best at this. Metal Gear Solid not as much. Witcher, Witcher is overwhelmingly dense. Like you never feel like even the never city, feels repetitive or anything. No, MGS is repetitive by nature. I mean, just the mechanics. MGS just feels good. Like, um, except the driving. I did. I drove mm, a Jeep last night. I did not feel. Yeah, you don't drive much. No. You know, if you drive, you get spotted like immediately. Like it's useless. Yeah. Well, I was doing it specifically so I could have a like boss the wall escape out of the. Yeah, that's the <laughs> best thing. part of metal. They're like, let's go. Yeah, and he's, I don't like the way he sits in the car because it just looks stupid. He's like, he's like stepping upright. I like, he has great posture. I like the animation when he does first aid. He's just like, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's even better in MGS. I I did one last night where I broke my leg, and um, you just see him sit there. And, like, the audio track didn't play, so he just opened his mouth. <laughs> just silent scream. But he has, like, this very expressionate face. Man, talk about a really good character model. Snake's character model's fucking... It's... Oh, oh, oh man. Oh. But that, that was that was the gist of that article. It was just talking about, like, open-world design, how difficult it can be. But I think that MGS builds a world where it makes sense for it to be this vacant. Like, you need these big open spaces to do the... To, 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 to have that experience of tackling it from whatever angle and like thinking through how you're going to do it because that's what's fun about Metal Gear Solid um and see it's better than the Phantom Pain than even Ground Zero because Ground Zero I felt was very uh siloed even on that base like there's the prison area and the guards in the prison area can't really see you from the base base except for the ones that patrol in which is by design but in, in Phantom Pain like sometimes you're just in a base with like a fuck ton of dudes and like you just have to like sneak in from one side pull him away hide him and then run around pull the guy you know like you're doing this very like right which you do that sometimes in in Ground Zeroes my favorite thing is is to do it where I silently kill everyone and then I start putting C4 and everything and blowing it all up so that when I come back for another mission like oh your base is useless now you have nothing you have no power no communications so I like that so you want to get into MGS Five talk. We gotta be quick, man. You gotta leave soon. Yeah, I know. Um, well, uh, MG. So I'm. My thing says I'm nine percent done. So I heard that the game ends around. The story ends around like forty hours. I mean, um, forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah. So. I feel like I don't know how there could be that much more game. But you've been just doing side shit, right? Mostly. Yeah, I'm on, like, story mission. Well, I just got quiet. So she's story mission. I looked it up because you asked me. 11. But I haven't done 9, 8, 9, or 10 either. Wait, you can skip? You can jump around? Well, you, you kind of fall into hers on accident. Is it, like, hidden as, like, a side op? Oh, it's awesome. It's not a side op. Like, there's a side op that, like, directs you to go to it. And then, like, as you're going to it, you, I was, like, riding my horse, and I just get winged by a sniper bullet. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then they're like, that's quiet. And I'm like, oh, shit. So then you have this long, drawn-out sniper fight with her. So then I couldn't beat her. So then I was like, fuck that. So I went and did a couple of other story missions. And then I went and researched the dart rifle so that I could have a sniper that wouldn't kill her to counteract her. Um, and then I went back, and it was super easy because like, I got like three headshots with the dart rifle because it's like a high-stopping power. Because I wanted to, like, I, want, I didn't want to kill her. Which, I don't know what happens if you actually use a sniper rifle. I'm sure they, like, make it so that you can, like, not you get her, her, but she's always bloody quiet. 
You just can't change out of that skin. That skin's gross. The whole character model's gross. Yeah. Put some clothes on Corey. No, she breathes through her skin. Is that what it is? She, like, uses photosynthesis or something like that. and So nope. she, she can't have stuff blocking her skin or she can't breathe. <laughs> You're, like, processing this and watching you. Uh, I mean, that's not as dumb. I just don't know why she's always, like, I go down to her, like, prison cell, and she's, like, sitting there with, like, bra and strapped, and I'm, like... Like, she's topless? Nah, she's, like, laying, like, when you, like, go lay on the beach. Oh, sh okay. She's doing that. And I'm, like, oh, hey, quiet. And she's, like, hmm, like, she hums all the time. Because uh, she can't talk, right? Is she mute? Dude, I don't, I don't know. I just found her. <laughs> what does she do? Tell me her motivation. My big thing is I go back and hang out with my little diamond dog puppy. He's cool. Diamond pup. Diamond pup. But it's just the game. It's it's nuts that a game like that exists. Like it's it makes all other it makes Far Cry look like shit. Why? Because it does what Far Cry does really well, like having these bases to move around in. But it just it opens up the options that you have to do it. Like it's not just sneak in or go in loud. It's like I can call my helicopter to come in and it's playing the final countdown and it blasts rockets <laughs> as it's doing it and. Or I can call in smoke missiles, smoke the whole base out so they all run out, and then pick them off one by one. Or I can take a jeep, drive it in, jump out, they go look at the jeep, I go in, shut off all the power, take all the comms out, and then I also blow up the C4 that I put up on the jeep. Like, it's just, it's nuts. But or I do what I always do, I just go in and trank everyone. But the, those all cost resources, right? Like, is, doesn't everything have, like, a cost to it? It has a cost, it? but you're, you're, you... Finding resources is never a problem. Mm, I mean, and then once you get your combat unit, you can send them on, and they go get resources by like so a is thousand. That, so is that the only reason to do those, to send your units out, is to get more resources? They were they recruit for you. They can find blueprints. It's just it's so big, it's so nuts. Um, but it's it's good. It's it's and I like I like the tapes. I like instead of doing codex, you do those. That's kind of cool. And I like, um... So to clarify, like, these are, like, story tapes that, like... Yeah, it's like the Bioshock. narrative. Oh, yeah. okay. But pretty much, in previous MGS games, they would do it where you would stop, hold your ear, and open up a codex screen, and that would be your... A lot of exposition happened there. Like, a lot. You'd be like, hmm, So now you can just do it while you're riding your horse around. That's, um, that's cool. Like, I mean... So much better, but that's cool. Oh no, it's it's actually it's I like it a lot, and you get a lot of keeper solo in there, um, and you get I I really really like the characterization of Kaz and Revolver Ross a lot and their relationship. Kaz Miller. Yeah. Right. Kaz is the guy that's radioing you in Ground Zeroes. Right, but that's Miller, right? Yeah, it's Miller. Um, Just never heard anyone refer to him by his first name. Kazarai Shalashka. Mm. Um. And. I like Keeper. I like his voice. I like, you know. Um, it just, it's, it's so big. And it's so, just, the stealth feels, like, once you figure out how their stealth systems are, are working too, you can play with it in a way that's like, it reminds me of when I used to play, like, Airsoft as a kid. And you would, I would do this thing where I would run by people so they would come towards me. And then I would really sneakily kind of move around so that I was behind them and because it's so much easier to shoot someone when they're not facing you. Um, 
not like ethically, but like <laughs> like you're easier. You could get the drop on them. Look at me when you're shooting, coward. So I could do a lot where like all of a sudden it's okay to kind of get seen because they'll come and investigate you. Right. Um, That's like the white mm-hmm. exclamation. So then you want like to... around a building, and there's so many good. It just the 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 playgrounds they give you to move around in are so fun. Well, I've been playing. I don't have MGS Five. I've been playing Ground Zeroes, mm-hmm. and Ground Ground Zeroes like I like the fact that you're in this one setting because you can learn it very intimately. If you do all the side ups, you know it very well, right? <laughs> and and like you said, kind of like learning new mechanics over time. Like I just now discovered like I knew it was a thing. I didn't know I had it on me. I discovered I have the unlimited magazines, so I can just throw magazines yeah. and distract people. Your rocks, yeah, just your rocks, but. Like, that just makes things so much easier sometimes, because you're just, like, sitting there frozen. Well, you don't know how to get the two guys that are facing you, and you're like, what do I do? And they don't, they do they ever see you when you throw a magazine? Mm, if you do it, like, right in front of them, they'll, they'll recognize where it came from, I think, but not, it's never, that's never a problem. Okay. To clarify, these, the these, are good, these are gun magazines, not, yeah, not print well, magazines. They used to do that. Oh, really? You, know, you could put, like, nudie like magazines Playboy. down, yeah. and they go, huh, and then you jump up behind them. But you can do that now with the cardboard box. I didn't know you have to get a headshot with the trank gun in order to knock him out. No, no, no. Just to knock him out instantly. Oh, so you can it's shoot three body once. shots. Oh, it's three? Yeah. Oh. So depending on... When it might be... The lower down you go, the more it takes. And if they have a helmet on, you have to shoot him in the face. You can't shoot him anywhere around the head. That's bullshit. How do you do that without them seeing you? In the head? Yeah. Don't use the, don't use the iron sights. Just use the reticle, and when it turns red, line up the two things on the head, and it's it's way it's really it's way easier that way. I like the iron sights a lot, though. Like I was no, having no, a lot no. of difficulty with the with just, just the reticle. The reticle going red is your for the train gun. It's it's really important because it makes it makes long range train headshots way easier. Mm-hmm. But your train gun kind of sucks in ground zeros. But like mine in Pan and Pain now, all your guns kind of suck in ground zeros. I didn't use it much. I did a lot of just CQC. Well, and like so, Pan and Pain like. Forever, I would go up, choke them, interrogate them, knock them out. And it was taking way too long. I was like, this is stupid. So now I shoot them in the head, run up, kick their body, and I, did, I, I was like, oh, I wish I could hold them up. So I, I aimed my gun at them, and then you can interrogate them with your gun to their head on the ground. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you don't shoot the kill, you just shoot the get them on knock the ground. Them out. Yeah. And then I go, because I want, I want to interrogate everyone. Suppressors don't last very long in that. It's like... A clip and the suppressor's worn out, and now it's going to be loud. Yeah, as but hell. in Phantom Pain, you can call for resupplies all the time. And you need to, because I always, like, I'll run through, like, my 24 Fultons, too, really quickly. I recruit everyone. Like, it's getting it's to a point where I'm, like, now I'm, I can start kind of picking through people. Uh huh. And I keep hiring people that are, like, beating up my other people because they're violent. Well, apparently, you eventually unlock a scope that, um. No, mine, mine makes them. No, but it'll highlight A plus guys and higher. So like turn their their like little overhead thing. Gold. Yeah, yeah, I have that. I have that's what I'm, I'm researching right now. Now sometimes about I don't like that. Like initially, all your research doesn't take any time, and now mine takes like twenty minutes. Gotta buy some funny money. I don't. There's no way to speed it up. Some Metal Gear bucks. <laughs> oh, I think that's what you get to end on. I don't know what else to say. It's spelled B U X. Metal Gear bucks. We gotta. You gotta. Yeah, we gotta go. All right. Do you have class? Yes. All right. We'll be back, and hopefully we'll have a live stream. I might be able to put up... The- oh, fuck. I'll take a minute. Um, Word podcast, bye. Word podcast, bye. Oh, shit. Stop.